This podcast contains adult language, mature situations, children raised in a gilded cage, mother figures with sinister motivations, horrific monsters with elegant solutions, a daring escape plan that might not succeed, and the mysteries of William Minerva. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 285, No One Escapes. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Reviews, some podcasts and bang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I hope you had a great week. Mine was pretty relaxing this weekend. Got a lot of stuff done and I've become even more addicted to coffee. I recently was at my local Mitsuo, which is a Japanese supermarket store, and I found that they had Kona coffee. Now for those who don't know, Kona coffee is the Hawaiian coffee of choice. It's actually the only coffee that's made in the United States, even though Hawaii is an island outside the, the continent of the United States. But it is amazing and great, and I highly recommend it. And no, this podcast is not sponsored by Kona Coffee. I'm just declaring my love for it. It's so good and so tasty and so delicious. But I digress. Uh... Yes, so for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Every episode, I'll talk about one or two manga titles and tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the characters are, the motivations of the characters, the background images, and if it's worth investing your time in it or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-hosts say if I do have a co-host, but I we try to be as informative, educational, entertaining, and impartial as possible. You can check out any of our earlier episodes, if you don't believe me, at www.spirekin.com, where I talk about everything from Astro Boy straight through to Welcome to the Wallflower. I have a couple of mangas that starts with Z as well. I think uh, Sayonara's a Subo Sensei, but we've been doing this a lot. And this is our 285th episode. Can you believe it? We've been doing this for nine years and several months. We are almost at that point. We're almost hitting episode... 300, I am excited for this because, hey, 15 away, and this is just, it's a good time. Like I said, if you want to hear any of the many episodes, sparkin.com. You can also email me if you have a question or if you have a recommendation for manga you want me to review at zan at sparkin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. And we are also on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Apple Music, Spotify, Player.fm, Stitcher, YouTube, the PSN Network, and the Nintendo Network, kind of. I mean, if you want to play against me in Splatoon or Mario Kart, I'm on there. Now, if they release Capcom vs. Tatsunoko on the Switch, I'll be very happy. But you can check me out there. And if you are following already, thank you very much for following us. Tag us, email us, and leave awesome ratings for the podcast. I would really appreciate it. And let me know what you guys think, what you guys want to hear. Do you want to hear more manga reviews like we've been doing? Or do you want us to go back to the format where we had... One manga review a week, and then we had a movie review, and then we had maybe a game review. Let me know, because I am enjoying this reprise from doing movie reviews, but I kind of miss it. Also, the game reviews, there hasn't been anything I've been really super psyched about as of late. We'll hopefully find something soon, maybe a new app game, or better yet, maybe a Switch game or PlayStation game. We'll have to wait and see. So, with that in mind, let's actually get to the thing we've all been waiting for, because it is episode 285, and... You're all here to hear me review a manga. And this manga specifically is a big one. Because Viz Media has been pushing this manga since December. Because they put all their horses behind this manga. They put all their bets on this manga for it to be the next big thing. Now, supposedly there's going to be an anime series based on this. 
And I'd actually be really excited to see the anime series based on this. Or better yet, if they do a live action adaptation. Because this would be insane. This would be like Battle Royale level violent. But, getting a little ahead of myself. So, the manga we're talking about today was written by Ku Shirai and illustrated by Posca Demizu all the way back in 2016, and it's still coming out to this day. There's seven volumes currently, and this is a drama fantasy thriller shonen series that's released in Shonen Jump, surprisingly. And so that means it's a Shuisha property that was released by Viz Media here in the States. And what is this manga I am talking about? Well, it is Yokso no Neverland, or in English, The Promised Neverland. Now, this is a very happy manga. It starts out in a great, wonderful place called the Grace Fields House. And the Grace Fields House is an orphanage. It's surrounded by a nice little forest. And our main characters, Emma, Ray, and Norman, are the smartest and best kids in this house. And they live there with their 37 siblings. And life is really great. I mean, they have all the food that they could want. They're really comfy beds. They have all these wonderful clothing that's new and fresh. And then they have their mama, Isabella, who is their caretaker, their teacher, and the person that they go to for everything. They love them and care about them. Norman even says that when he grows up, he wants to marry mama because mama is the best person in the world for them. And they have a very simple itinerary for their day. They get up, they have breakfast, they play, they have these very long itinerary of daily exams, which are very intensive, but the main thing is that they do good on their tests and they are rewarded for it. And they're able to do anything they want. These kids have the best life ever. They don't have to do chores. They just have to have fun. The only rule they have is that on the one corner, there's a big, tall gate. And they are not allowed to go to the gate. And also, they're not allowed to go to any of the compounds outside the gate. Because they, they shouldn't do that because they don't want to get lost. Because a lot of stuff is going on. So, life is good for these three orphans and all the other ones. All 37 of them. And it turns out that one of their little sisters, a six-year-old girl named Connie, is going to... Be adopted. She has a new family that she's going to live with. And they're so excited that she's going to have a new life. And things are going to be great. And also, because a lot of the kids, they get adopted around 11 or 12. And she's six years old. So she's going to do really, really good. She's going to have a nice family that loves her and cares about her. And it's going to be great. And they have a huge party. All is well. And Emma and Norman are getting ready to go and say goodbye to Connie. They say bye to Connie. They go to clean up the party room, and they notice something. Mama made Connie a bunny when she first arrived. It's this very cute little plush bunny. That was her favorite thing in the world. And as they walk into the room where the party was, her bunny is on the table. Oh, no, Emma and Norman think. We have to bring this back to Connie, but we might get in trouble. Well, they won't know. We'll just run after quick. We'll get there. We'll give it to her, and then we'll go back. And, hey, it's a little adventure. We're not going to get in trouble. Nothing wrong could happen. So they grab the bunny. They end up running. They see the gate, which is actually open, which is weird. It's opened. They get to the gate. They walk in. They see 
the carriage that had taken her, and they see a car which was sitting there for a while. They don't think anything of it. Just like it hasn't been there. No one's around, though. A little weird. And they look in the carriage. And there is Connie on her back with a rose in her chest. And she's dead. Their friend, who is going to be adopted, is dead. And then they hear a weird noise, so they hide. And they see this horrific, monstrous figure say, Oh, well, we have to make sure that this product isn't destroyed. We'll get in a lot of trouble. But I want to taste it. It smells so good. The brain seems succulent. Well, we could lose a piece, maybe, but not really. This monster hand grabs Connie and proceeds to shove her, the body, into a jar and say some more horrific things and then walks away. The truth is discovered. Gracefield home is not a home. It is actually a farm where the most succulent and delicious thing on the planet, human brains. They are dinner for a bunch of monsters who apparently rule the world. And Norma and Emma don't know what to do. They're shocked and perplexed. And they don't know what to do. So they figure, well, you know what? We'll go to Mama. Mama will know what to do. And it turns out that Mama is not the nice, sweet lady they think she is. She loves them. She does. However, she's in league with the monsters. So what are Emma and Norman to do? They, their entire world is turned upside down. The safe, happy home they live in is not a safe and happy home. Things are going really bad. They have to do something. What can they do? They figure out they're going to escape. So they tell their best friend, Ray, about what's going on. He believes, he takes a minute to believe him, but then he believes him. And then they try to initiate an escape plan to get out of Grace Field home. Worst part about this, though, is that Norman doesn't want them just to leave alone. Because Ray's like, you know, we can get out of here. Just three of us. We'll be fine. We'll be safe. But Norman wants to be like, no, we're not leaving with everybody. Emma especially is pushing for this. She wants them to take all the kids. All 36 kids, save the day. We'll be good. Save it, and it will be great. And as they are planning and plotting, suddenly another person shows up. This nice lady who is tall and strong, she is a new apprentice helper for the house. Her name is Sister Crone, and she's someone who's there to work and help out because Sister Isabella needs a little bit of help. It's an extra pair of eyes to watch the kids because apparently the higher-ups do know that the kids know something's up. Also, before I forget, all the kids have a tag on the back of their neck, which has their number on it. And each one has a number. You have Emma, whose number is 63194, Ray, whose number is 81194, and Norman, whose number is 22194. So this is a series of... It's a prison movie. It's a prison story of... These individuals are stuck in a gilded cage, and they have to escape. They have to get out. And if 
Because if they don't get out, they are going to die. And it gets to the point where when Isabella confronts them about it, she does it in a way which is truly horrific. She says, well, they found out that by the age of 11, they have to ship out. And all, all three of them are going to be turning 11 soon. And as they're learning, training, they have six months, Isabella breaks Emma's leg so she can't run. And it's truly a dark scene. Because she's she loves these children. She does care about them. But she's very manipulative and cunning and kind of detached from the situation at hand because of what the real reality of the story is. Now, as we go further into the story, we do find out a lot of little things like that there are all the books that the kids have inside of them, there's actually a code, which is talking about this guy named William Minerva, who sends this code, which is almost a, I can help you get out if you do this, 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 this. And the kid who finds out about this is this little boy named Phil, who is super intelligent. Now, I'm not going to spoil any more for what's going on in this series, because I actually read really far ahead in it. But, wow, it is dark. It starts out so lighthearted and amazing, and then when you find out what is going on, you're like, holy shit. These are little kids. They're 10, 11 years old, and they are going to... They either have to survive or die. And whatever is going on outside of the walls of the Gracefield house. Also, this is the year 2045, so it is the future, but they don't have computers. So it's a little weird. We don't know what's going on, and also we don't know what's going on outside of the house. I mean, is it that we are in a world where all the monsters have taken over, but they don't want the kids to know? Similar to... Uh, uh, Seraph of the, um, the the one with the vampires, the vampires took over and then the humans are their cattle. Is it like that? Or is it something more twisted? Is it that the, these humans have been kidnapped and they've been absconded somewhere where no one knows? Or is it the far horrible future where just monsters rule all? We don't really know. We'll eventually find out some information, but that fit situation and that information could either be really great or really terrible. We don't know. And I've got to say, it's engaging and it's refreshing to read something like this because a lot of times when you read about kids, they seem very, here's our main character, he can do no wrong, he's amazing. Or here's our main character, he's a substitute for your main character, he is terrible. Or here's your main character, you kind of empathize with him and you kind of hate him also. This one... Our main characters, all of them you can identify with and understand with, especially one who has a secret that when you find it out, it is shocking, and but also you can sympathize with the character over it. And each one has their pros and cons about it. Like, Ray is very smart, he's very skeptical, and he's the more cunning of the three kids. You have Emma, who is the most athletic. That's why I think she, her leg was broken, because if she's the most athletic and her leg is broken, well, she's not as she loses one of her abilities she has. And she's also the most optimistic. She's the one who wants all the kids safe. And Norman, he's the oldest. He's the one that is next on the chopping block. And he's the kid who gets perfect scores during the Yale exam always. And he is 
the one who's also the strategist and the planner. He comes up with the schemes. So how these three kids work together will either save them or will damn them, depending on where it goes. Now, now I've talked about the pros of this series. Now, what are the cons of Promised Neverland? Well, besides the fact that it is a very addictive series, the art style is pretty good. I do feel that they do tilt their hand a little bit. They show a, some of the reveals. Like, once the big reveal happens, then they start feeding you some of the additional plots. Because there is a mystery element to this series, which you shouldn't be able to figure out. But it does foreshadow a lot of things that happen. If you pay attention, you'll know where things are going. You can go, and when reveals happen, you'll want to go back and read it. And while it is really good to see these reveals, it does foreshadow, and that does drop it down a little bit. Art style is very dynamic. It's the action scenes are great. These stories are great. The kids look a little weird when they're younger. Like I like Phil a lot. He's a really cool character. Also, he's a character that's dark skinned. I thought that was really appropriate and unique because it's kids of all nationalities. But the little kids look like potatoes. It's like all the main element and designs are for the older kids, the younger kids. We're just going to draw them looking all the same. Also, our secondary villain, or not villain, because Isabella might not be a villain. She might just be something else. We, but Isabella and Crone, they, their designs are very distinctive and unique. And their motivations are very unique and different. However, at one point, a twist happens, and you're like wondering, how does this work out? Is this them manipulating? Or is this something else going on? We don't really know. Now, this manga was nominated for the 10th Manga Taisho Award in 2017. It's got 43 points from the Executive Committee of Manga Taisho Awards. It's going to be nominated for the one this year, the 11th Manga Taisho Award. And it is pretty popular. I'm surprised there aren't a lot of cosplayers doing this series, but hopefully we'll have that this year, especially once the anime comes out. I think this is going to blow up. So you're probably wondering, with all that, what am I going to give Yaksono Neverland, The Promised Neverland? Well, someone asked me recently, they emailed me and asked, what are your ratings? So you just say certain words. So we are reiterating, because it's our 285th episode, what our rating system is, because we don't use numbers we don't use stars. Instead, we use our phrases. So our lowest rating is, take it to a priest, purify it, and burn it. That means the manga is terrible and there is nothing redeemable about it whatsoever. Our second lowest rating is going to be your typical reading material at your local correction facility. That means there is, it's a pretty garbage manga, but there's one thing which is redeemable about it. It could be the art style. It could be a character. It could be a, just a gag. It's just something that brings it up from complete shit to something that is very good. Now, our average rating, our middle-of-the-ground rating, is going to be a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. It's okay, but forgettable. Enough said. It's a pretty good manga. It could be really fun, but it could be a lot better. It, it, it's just, it's, it's okay. It's mediocre. 
our second to highest rating and arguably the, the rating I give most mangas because it is the one which is the best at this point. Second highest rating. because It means it's really great. It's an amazing and fun and wonderful manga, but there's one thing wrong with it. Maybe it's pacing. Maybe it's a character design. Or maybe it's just there's something that bugs me about it. Our second highest is Borrow From a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered Pocky because it could be really good. It could be really bad, but we'd have to see because it's really good but it's not the best because you won't buy it but you'll borrow it and you'll steal it that's what it says and our highest rating the rating which is our number one which is the best of the best and actually what i'm going to be giving well yeah i'm going to be giving this one because it does bump up because of all the awards this one and just how compelling it is it's really 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 fucking cool if you don't read this now your brain will freeze your eyes will salt and your soul will be forfeit to the great soul magustar you got you gotta love, because it's just that good. And there may be flaws, but they are overshadowed by how amazing the manga is. And that is the quality of this manga. It is really good. It's really fun. And I've got to say, the best thing is the designs of the monsters themselves once they are revealed. The demonic creatures. They are all different. They're not, let's make them all look exactly the same. They all have very unique and different and diverse Designs that are all compelling and they're fascinating. And you want to look at them, especially when the reveal happens. It's almost horrific, but you can't look away. Because there is some great pacing because it is a ticking clock. Because they have to escape before Norman gets sent away and is eaten. You have these great connections, which you don't expect. And the art and story work so well together because it starts off like a storybook and then twist into something horrible. I gotta say, I love it. If you haven't read this, definitely check it out. It is available in bookstores, and I think the second volume is coming out this month or next month. Check it out. Uh, the Promised Neverland. Viz did a great job with it. Great job, Viz. So, if you have any other questions, remember you can email me at zanspocket.com, or if you want to rant at me about it, leave a note in the comment below, and email me at zanspocket.com. Let me know. So, with that in mind, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga! Yes, friend, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And I've assigned a manga tile to each of the slots. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin this wheel of manga, whatever number lands on that's reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 286. 14 away, baby. We're almost there. I really should hire someone to spin this for me because honestly, to do that spin, it hurts a little bit because it's a big freaking wheel. It's about two feet. So we've spun it, and it's going to be number four. Hmm, we've been staying on four and five for the last couple of weeks, I think, so oh, well, let's see we're going to review. So, in the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be reviewing Bowling King. I'm assuming it's a manga about bowling. I don't know what it's about, but I'm intrigued, and it's bowling, and I'm actually very good at bowling. Surprisingly, I'm not good at baseball, I'm okay at basketball, but bowling I'm actually really good at. Also, I'm good at golf, surprisingly, but we'll see how this manga is. It should be pretty good because it's a sports manga, but... I don't want to put my head up and say it's an amazing manga, so we'll see. Either way, 
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you have a great week. I will see you on Wednesday when we release our next episode. And I got to remind you guys one more time. Definitely be careful what's going on in these mangas because sometimes they are twisted and dark. So with that in mind, this is your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Read more manga. Catch you guys next time.